You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. This is the Sawn Outdoors Podcast. Well, it's been a while since we've done a podcast, so we figured it was time. We finally had a little break, and I'm sitting here, this is McCade, sitting here with Dylan. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. Hi. (laughs) I don't know. I I don't know what to think of Dylan anymore. I'm the coolest guy he knows. Should I lean into the mark like this? (laughs) You're the coolest something I know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we thought we'd catch you up a little bit. I'm sure you've all been following our Instagram and Facebook posts. If not, make sure you do that so you don't miss out on what we're currently up to. But give you a little rundown with the podcast, what we've been up to since we last recorded. Um, 2017's kind of been a stacked year for us as far as hunts have gone. Dylan and his brother Dalton had their dedicated uh, deer tags they've been putting a lot of time and effort into. Um, We had the archery hunts. Ian and his dad had archery tags, weren't able to fill those. Uh, We had muzzleloader hunts. We had the archery elk hunt, too. That's true. Throw that in there. And then the Utah any bull rifle hunt and spike hunt. Can you hear that? Yeah, I can hear you scratching. It's just my arm. <laughs> um, I was able to pick up a muzzle leftover muzzleloader tag, um, hunted on that one. My scope fell off my gun at the top of the mountain. It was kind of frustrating. And then I was able to run up to Idaho, and I actually filled a tag, my one and only tag this year so far. Hunted... Uh, antelope up there <clears throat> shot a decent buck um and then I, I picked up a deer tag and i've been going up to idaho today was my last day idaho rifle tag so so if you count the dedicated hunter i've had if you count it as three separate tags i've had seven tags this year so far dang <laughs> yeah but we haven't had a lot of harvests this year. Well, I haven't. Dylan has. <laughs> Dylan's had some depredation tags. Yeah, those are kind of not hard hunting, I guess. When The antelope really wasn't that the hard. The antelope either. was fun, though. That was fun. <clears throat> They're fun. And it wasn't in a hayfield. <laughs> the deer was, but the antelope was actually not. It was in a big area, but... It was fun. Yeah. It happened pretty quick, too. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> but yesterday was opening day in Utah for the rifle deer hunt. Dylan went out with his dad. And that's kind of going to be the gist of this podcast. We want to talk about how that hunt went. Some interesting things played out. And uh, we'll let Dylan tell the story. Yeah, so we... Uh... <clears throat> 
my dad and I both had tags. And we went to an area that I hunted last year and shot a deer on the rifle hunt last year. It's not rough hunting, I guess you'd say. It's more desert country. You know, a lot of glassing and you just have a lot of options where you can hunt, too. You don't have to be stuck in one spot. But there wasn't many people there last year. And this year, it was about the same. It really wasn't all that many people, but... We saw a total of 12 bucks yesterday, but it just seemed like everything was just too far away. Hard to get to, which if we had time, you know, we would have been able to. There there was other hunters, you know, pressuring the animals a little bit, but we had two nice bucks at 700 yards and just not not set up for a shot like that. They were staring right at us. There was no way, I think, to get closer without blowing them out, and they just worked their way over the ridge and disappeared from our lives forever. <laughs> but I actually did check my trail camera, and I got pictures of both those bucks on trail camera. That's awesome. All fall, so. But yeah, just the setup with my gun is not, it's not really a long-range gun. I'm probably only good out to 400 yards with it. Ethically, you know, just that's where you feel comfortable. That's my comfortable. Like I just have a three by nine by forty scope on it with no BDC radicals, and so you know you're pretty much guessing how high to hold over past three hundred fifty yards, really. Mm-hmm. So I feel comfortable at four hundred with it, but seven hundred was just too far. Same with my dad. You know, he he doesn't. <clears throat> Get out and shoot a bunch, and yeah, the gun's on, but we just 200, 300 yards that's kind of our bread and butter, I'd yeah. Say. Well, how within your comfort zone, which makes it tougher because you, you have to work harder to get closer to deer and stuff, but it's not that bad. But it was an exciting day. We saw a lot of deer, we saw 12 bucks, tons of does. Um, I actually had a really nice buck at 160 yards, and I had scope on him, crosshairs. He was dead to right. <laughs> I pulled the trigger, and the safety was on. <laughs> and you find out how much you flinch when you're expecting the gun to go off, and it doesn't, which is something I need to practice, I guess, but... I don't think anybody listening has ever had that happen. No, to him. never, never. <laughs> but he was a big, heavy buck. I he probably a four point. I don't know. It happened really quick. I'd seen some deer, got off the four wheeler, walked up to the edge of this big, deep wash, and saw this buck scrambling up the other side. And it was, it just happened really quick. And once I finally figured out the safety on the gun, he disappeared into the junipers and. Out of your life forever. Out of my life forever, again. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> On opening day. Yeah. <clears throat> so, he'd seen a lot of bucks. Good bucks, too. He like. missed an opportunity to shoot a buck. Oh, yeah. How are you feeling? This is, what, midday? This is about 5 o'clock in the evening. Wow. So, you'd hunted I, on that buck. most of the day. Yeah. Had some opportunities. 
thinking at this point it's not going to happen now? Opening day. Well, you know, I was I went back to the four wheeler and just sat there, and all of a sudden deer started popping out right where I'd walked through. Wow. There was a doe and a little two point, and we tried to get my buddy Nick to come up and shoot the two point just because he he had a bum leg and he was just hunting for meat this year and he had his little boy with him and wanted to shoot a deer with him so but by the time he'd got up there it was just too late the buck had worked over the ridge and it was getting dark so we decided to turn around and head out hmm yeah and then what happened but then so we're driving down the road back to where we parked the rigs pretty much had just called it a day and just driving down the road and I seen something run out on the road I couldn't really tell what it was the sun was in my eyes it was kind of dusky and so I stopped and I thought it might be an antelope because there's a bunch of antelope in that area I stopped to look at it and it was a buck just standing in the middle of the road like holy crap there's a buck and so I got off and started looking at him a little more and then he took off and I noticed that he had one of his back legs was just flopping. Like so somebody had shot him earlier in the day in the leg and he was in bad shape. So I pulled my gun out and put a shell in it and took one shot and I missed, but he ran into some junipers in this little kind of like a bowl. It was like some hills with Juniper's right in the wash of the hills, I guess. And it was like just a little bowl with a little low pass at the top. So I'm like, well, if he comes out of there, I'll be able to see him, you know. And he never come out. So I thought maybe I'd hit him on that shot. And so I walked up in there. Didn't find him. Didn't find any blood. But I started pushing through the trees and I jumped him up. And I pretty much ran him down like... He would bed down and then jump up, and so I just took off after him to where I could get a clear shot, and we finally opened up into just wide open burnt grass country, and I was able to shoot him and put him down. And it was one of them shots you know it hit solid. like, mm-hmm. And he was close. He was probably 25 yards when I shot him. Wow. It's the first time I ever shot a deer with a... Uh, the three power on my scope, <laughs> you know, and it was beginning to get dark, you know, so there wasn't a ton of light. It was still legal shooting light. And, uh, yeah, but I just pulled the trigger, heard that whack and he went down in the deep grass and I, I was sure that I dropped him, but I didn't know if he was dead, you know, cause he was running and and so I waited for my buddy Weston to catch up, who was with me, trying to figure out the situation on this buck. And we got up to him, and he was dead. And checked him out, and he'd been shot in the back driver's side leg. About driver's side. <laughs> I guess it'd be about your sh- the middle of your shin. I, on a deer, it's kind of hard to explain. Just like about eight inches above his hoof. And it was just blown in half, like just his skin and his tendons were holding it together. Bones were poking out, and it, all the blood on it was dried, and like the bone was covered in dirt. So I wow. think it had happened a while ago. And if I 
if I'm thinking right, I remember somebody shooting and I seen a buck run out down below me right when I had that little encounter with the big buck and I screwed that up. But And I remember watching those people for a couple hours. It was an hour and a half probably. Try to track that buck and they were looking for him, but... And the direction he was going was into the canyon that I was in that I had to come down to, but... Hmm. He traveled a long ways from where they'd shot at him. And I don't know if they ever would have found him because, you know, he wasn't like mortally wounded, but he was only on three legs. And so he was pretty much coyote bait, you know? Yeah. So when I seen him, I just, you know, I knew that I had to do my best to put him out of his misery and just felt bad for him. He wasn't like, I hate saying this, like, he wasn't as big of a buck as I wanted because I think that's just kind of, you should just hope for a buck, I guess. You know, I don't like being a trophy hunter, but I was after something a little bit bigger, but I knew I had to put my tag on this one because he was in a bad way. So I felt like the right thing to do was to take him and tag him. No, that's really respectable, man. I I mean, I'd like to say a lot of other hunters would do the same thing. Yeah. But, I mean, when you've shot a lot of bucks in that same class, so to speak. And he wasn't a little buck by no means. Like, he's a 20-inch 4 by 3 really tall, young deer. He wasn't a mature deer. Yeah. But he's he's a good-looking deer for sure. Um and I, I think that says a lot about you as a hunter and as a person to be willing yeah, like, to help him out, had it, so to speak. Had it been a spike, I probably would have done the same thing, you know. Well, yeah. A spike or a fork and horn, whatever. Just It was an injured deer. Trying to do the most ethical mm-hmm. thing as possible. and Put him out of his misery yeah. as soon as he, you could. That's neat, man. I mean... Yeah. And it was, you know, I always have a good time hunting with buddies and getting a pack of deer out late at night, you know. it's <laughs> You still have the experience. It's a kind of a common theme, us packing deer out Middle late the into the evening. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, I don't mind. Wouldn't have it any other way. Heck yeah. So I think that's a way cool story. Um that says a lot. I don't know what else to say about it besides it's a cool story. But it was it was just crazy because like it was totally out of the blue. You don't it. All this stuff I always say always happens when you least expect it. Like mm-hmm. you hope for so much to shoot a big buck, to do this, do that. But when you're not expecting it, even if you know that it happens when you're not expecting it, it still surprises you. Yeah. And there was two guys in side by sides that. Had flew down the canyon right in front of me that never even saw this buck just hauled butt past him and <laughs> there are a lot of people that road hunt and i don't i'm not knocking it or encouraging it by any means whatever whatever you want to do is you, is what you want to do but i've seen so many people drive by animals because they think that they're going to happen upon them in their vehicle or side-by-side or UTV or ATV, whatever. <clears throat> but really, you're, I don't think your eyes are as keen cruising around on those. 
they're definitely not going to hear anything. So, yeah, well, here's the deal. Like, so this area that we hunt, it's all, it's desert country. There's roads everywhere. It's all kind of, it's rolling hills and deep washes until it gets up to the mountain. That is pretty steep. Yeah. It's the same area that I missed my muzzleloader buck in. But there's roads everywhere, old fire roads and whatnot. So, but there's deer everywhere out there Mm -hmm. too. And so it's pretty practical to hunt from the road and i think you know you can't kill one from the road if you don't hunt the road <laughs> but it's not the coolest backcountry backpacking in for five days and shooting something with your bow i mean it's riding around on a four-wheeler with the rifle but still hunting you know you're still there's big bucks i watched a huge buck he was 13 points on one side and nine on the other side and probably 28 29 inches wide get killed right in front of me last year in the same area so yeah just there's good genetics i've ran cameras in there for the last two or three years and had some big bucks on camera that can't seem to ever turn them up during the hunt but Mm -hmm. they're smart and wise but it's just a fun area to hunt and there's a lot of people that drive past a lot of things trying to get to their spot, to that ridge at first light. When I go out there, I don't leave my truck until it's light. I park down low and I look for deer all the way up and it's worked out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, every area is different. Yeah. How you, you hunt it. Got to know how to area. hunt stuff. I've had some good success the last couple of years watching people drive past a lot of deer and, you know, you kind of feel bad for him, but then again, you're like, well, if, <laughs> if you don't want to shoot him, I will, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think that's right. that's a, a definitely a, a thing that you have to learn is how to hunt yeah. the area you're hunting. Because not all hunting techniques are applicable to every different terrain. You and know? with my dad, too, you know, he's getting a little older, not as in good shape as he used to be. He's got bulging discs in his back and bad ankles you know so he's not going to hike to the top of the mountain with me yeah so, and i'd rather just hunt with him from the road if that's what we got to do it's funner for me to do that but i wished he would have shot that buck but he said he was too small <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but well maybe he can get a big one yeah still he still has a tag a we got a week left of hunting to do so and that's smelling good over there oh i probably should check on that <laughs> What are you cooking up? Uh, tenderloins from mule deer. Mm. One of them's from this deer I just shot, and two are from the doe I shot earlier. This the depredation. Yeah, the depredation doe. Heck yeah. <clears throat> um, and that's why we do it right there, to eat the meat. Um, so when I was in Idaho and I shot my antelope, I had a friend with me, um, been friends since high school, and I did the gutless method on this antelope, and he's like, aren't you going to get the heart? <laughs> I was like, no. That's why I did the gutless method. I don't want to have to open it up and deal with all of his insides. And he's like, well, you got to get the heart. That's the best part. And I was like, dude, if you want to pull the heart out, be my guest. So he took this legless body, <laughs> basically just a core, gutted it. <laughs> Pulled all the guts out and retrieved the heart. And I was like, all right, dude, whatever. Got all bloody in the process. So we threw the heart in with the meat and <clears throat> drove back home. 
anyway, went over to his house the next day and we, uh, he helped me process the meat. At the very end, he took the heart, cut it up, and uh, he threw it in a frying pan with some bacon, I believe like a white onion, salt and pepper, and butter, and just fried it up. And I'll tell you what, that was the best tasting muscle I've ever had. It was so good. It was really tender. It was flavorful, thanks to the butter and the bacon, I'm mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> but seriously, I I have a new found love for heart. So, I, I mean, if uh, that was the first animal I shot that I hadn't hit the heart. So if I have animals in the future where I don't hit the heart, I think I'm going to take the heart and cook it. It's tasty, and this cat is rubbing my leg. Hi, Mittens. <laughs> so this, the deer I shot last night, I did the gutless myth. I did not pull the heart, but we did just pull the tongue out of his mouth, and we're going to cook that up too. And I, I don't know how I feel about that. I ate the tongue from my deer <laughs> last year, and I don't know if I cooked it the best that I could have, but it still wasn't bad. And I... Here's Steve Rinella and Ryan Callahan talk about it all the time, how good it is. So huh. We got to If you guys have any recipes, let yeah. us know. By the time you hear this, uh, we'll probably have already eaten it. But for the next one, because we have Colorado third season tags coming up in two weeks. Mm-hmm. That's where Dylan, Dylan's old boss, and Ian and myself are all going to be heading to Colorado hunting mule deer for a week. Hopefully that the rut is kicking in a little bit, and I'm hoping for snow. Yeah, like I like hunting when it's cold. It gets the deer moving. I like I like it when it's cold. I'm so but, excited. Yeah, if we can all tag out on this hunt, it's going to be amazing. And I'm not going to be picky. I'm not going to shoot the first little buck I see, but I'm going to be a bad trophy hunter. I'm going to shoot whatever gets me excited. Are those spikes up to his ears? Can I take yeah. him? If he's, <laughs> you know, an abnormally tall spike, <laughs> you know. <clears throat> we were talking about it, and he said that we'll probably talk him into shooting whatever. Probably. I do have some standards, though. Like, if it's a two-point, it's got to be at least 18 inches wide. <laughs> well, I think... And it totally depends on the hunt and how much time I have. Exactly. I think opening day, your standards are a little higher, and by day three or four, your standards have dropped quite a bit, and you're ready to get some more meat. That saying, don't pass up on the first day what you'd shoot the last day, I think that's bullcrap, because after every day goes by, your standards slowly drop. They drop. drop They really do. I don't like eating tag soup. I like shooting deer. Yeah. You know, it's a lot better memory and story, no matter what you shot. But exactly. if you don't shoot anything, there's no story to tell. And this year, I told myself I'm not buying any meat from Walmart or wherever. I'm going to try to feed my family off of wild game. And so far, I've shot an antelope, two deer, and been given another deer. So it's working out. And we have Colorado tags. So. And I have half of a deer from last year still. And we have Colorado tags. So. Full freezers. It's getting pretty full. Heck yeah. 
But so that's kind of my standards, you know, like I'm not your typical bad A trophy hunter, only shoot 200 plus, but I am. Yeah. 200 inch two points minus one or 200 inches. I like to hunt. I like to have fun. But, yeah. We should have a good time. Yeah. We're We're going to pull camp trailer down there. Stay in that. Stay for a week. We're going to take podcasting stuff, and we're going to have the trailer. So having access to power and using the laptop and maybe editing some videos and stuff and try to keep up on that. So it's not such a cumbersome task afterwards. I think it's it's going to be great. Yep, it's going to be good. And uh, I think we ought to prepare some big game recipes for while we're over there. We have plenty of meat. Oh yeah, we're going to take some meat with us. <clears throat> Let's see. I think I think I have some moose from my uncle from a few years ago. We have elk, deer, antelope. I have an elk heart too, by the way. Perfect. My buddy Weston shot a cow with his bow, and I took the heart. And it's about six times the size of an antelope heart, so <laughs> should feed us. Should be great. <clears throat> no, I'm really excited for this. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time. Definitely. But Need to take some warm clothes, some yeah. gloves. Definitely some gloves. My hands have froze this fall. I haven't had my good gloves all fall. I've been just trying to get by with what I had. And I took my skiing gloves up to Idaho. Perfect. I might Perfect. take them to Colorado because on the any bull hunt in Utah this past week, I took a friend out hunting, and Friday morning when we left, it was 11 degrees, and it never got above 45 where we went, which isn't that cold, but when you're riding a four-wheeler and it's 11 degrees... And you're going 20 miles an hour. It's cold. That's cold. (laughs) So, up in Idaho this weekend, it was in the 20s, I think, on top of the mountain. And then the wind blew the whole time. It was cold. There was snow. And that's how it was yesterday, too. It was breezy, cold wind all day long. You know what I found was interesting up there, though? Now, Dylan's more of an experienced mule deer hunter than I am. And so maybe this isn't so weird, but the deer were not, this wasn't a really high mountain range at all, but none of the deer were at the tops of the mountain or hills, whatever you want to call them. All the deer seemed to have moved down low. I'm guessing to stay out of the wind, but most of them had moved down low. And I, I think it stormed, so it stormed Friday morning and then snowed, I think again, Friday night. And so what I'm thinking is they didn't have a chance to water Friday night. And Saturday morning, all the tracks I saw in the fresh snow all went downhill (laughs) to the bottoms. And that's where we were finding the deer. So we changed up our game plan and hunted down low. We saw a heck of a lot more deer. Mm -hmm. You know, I I think no animal likes the wind. We hate the wind. Yeah. Deer don't like the wind because I think it messes with their hearing. They can't hear things. Those big ears pick up a lot of sound, and when you got wind, it just amplifies the wind, you know? Yeah. An elk, they rely heavily on scent with their nose, and when it's windy, 
Yep. You know, it screws them up big time. But I, think I mean, that, antelope. I just don't. Nothing phases an antelope. They don't care. They're like honey. They're so curious. <clears throat> Tell you a little bit about the antelope hunt since I didn't get anything on film because it happened so fast. <laughs> we had spotted this buck with a doe. I mean, granted, we looked over a lot of antelope. Don't get me wrong. This wasn't the first ones we saw or anything. We'd looked over a lot, but none of them were big enough. And I feel like I could be pretty dang picky with an antelope because <laughs> they're they're plentiful and they're not they're not skittish like deer and elk. They'll run until they get shot at, and then you'll never see them again. <laughs> yeah. Well, mm. <laughs> they run and then they'll come back. It's really crazy. <clears throat> so I actually saw this buck and this uh, doe. And bailed out of the truck and laid down on the ground and fired a shot. And I actually missed. And they did. They took oh, off didn't running. tell me you missed. I missed. And they, oh. ran, they ran. I, th- I think I was really excited. They ran <clears throat> up through the sage flats. And so we uh, jumped in the truck. And then I backtracked a little bit and then headed up towards the mountain to try to get ahead of them. And uh, got up there and bailed out of the truck and just watched for a while. Never saw anything. <clears throat> so we drove, kept following the road, kind of back down towards where we had shot at them. And all of a sudden, they, the two of them popped up and went around a little hill. So I parked the truck and got out <clears throat> and ran up on top of the hill with my gun. My buddy and my uncle were behind me. And the the buck and the doe kind of wandered up, and they stood there at about 250 yards. I just never had a good shot at their vitals. They were just in the sagebrush. But they saw us trying to sneak in on them, and they took off. They ran and just kind of circled us. They ran way out and around to our left. And they got out there probably about 350 yards and just kind of walked around over there. And we just kept sitting where we were. And that doe just kept looking at us. The buck didn't really seem to be too interested, but the the doe kept watching us. And so we just sat there, and I just kept following him in my scope. Had the bipod set up, just kept following him in the scope. Saying, oh, man, if he just step out, I could pop him right there. And all of a sudden, the doe just starts running right at us. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to get good. <laughs> Heck, yeah, bring it on. And my my buddy's like, shoot it, shoot it. I'm like, no, 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 no. They're coming. They're going to get close, dude. Just hang on. So that doe ran right to us, and then at about 200 yards, she started cutting back, um, uh, like kind of across in front of us, towards the direction where we'd seen him when we first got up on the hill. Anyway, she walked out. <clears throat> she kept looking at us, and that buck just kind of still wandered he never would look at us he just kept walking out finally he gave me a broadside opportunity and i shot at about 186 yards and i missed again (laughs) i missed again and then uh i shot again and the gun kind of jumped you know when i shot and so i didn't see it but i heard it i heard the bullet smack him and uh, my buddy just started freaking out. Dude, you hit him. You hit him. You dropped him. And I was like, Did, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And uh, he's like, dude, you hit him. He dropped right in his tracks. And I was like, well, I heard the hit. I just want to make sure it was a good hit and he didn't run. He's like, he didn't go anywhere. 
So we, we did sit there for about five minutes, pretty confident he was down. Walked over there, and he was done. He was toast. It was a really fun hunt, really easy compared to the hunting I'm used to, deer and elk, hiking your tail off and sweating and dying and things like that. But it was uh, something I definitely could get used to doing. I think we found a, a new love for antelope hunting this year. There's people out there that will tell you that it's stupid. It's boring. It's dumb. It's easy. Well, <laughs> the success rates are high, and it keeps your morale up, so that's pretty fun. And, yeah, it's easy, but I think part of the challenge to it is actually, I mean, if you want to kind of trophy hunt, quote-unquote trophy yeah. hunt, I mean, I looked over probably 100 head of antelope, yeah. you know, in about a 15-mile stretch. And there weren't, I mean, yeah, there were bucks and I had a couple that were not far from the road. I could have got on really easy, put them down quick, but they just, they weren't big, you know, they were young bucks. And I was like, there's going to be a bigger buck. We can find one. And it happened. And it was just part of that whole process of selection, I think was what I thought was fun. Well, and like, they're so hard to judge too. And they really are. You think an antelope, they're all the same. They look the same, whatever. They're so different. But <laughs> antelope have just as much character as any big buck or bull or whatever. I and saw a picture today posted on Instagram. Some guy shot a nice-looking goat. I call him a goat. People get mad. Speed goat. An antelope. And on the back of his horns, he had little cheaters, like these little yeah. hooks. My wife's cousin, he shot one last year. On the archery hunt that had multiple cheaters on each side. It's crazy. I have to show you a picture of that one. But Cassidy Dalton's girlfriend, she also um, was able to go on an antelope hunt this year. She drew a, one of the $5 hunts from the Sportsman's Expo. Lucky bugger. I know. So for all you that think it's rigged. It's not. It worked in our favor. Well, her favor because she has nothing to do with that. So Well, and um, our buddy Zach... Um, Mike Sell, his mom yeah. pulled a, a tag through that too. Yeah. I knew several people that got tags from that this year. But I've, I've been skeptical that it's rigged, and I still think it is to some degree. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, people we know are drawn tags. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully so, next year. So Cassidy drew one of the best units in the state as far as antelope hunting goes. And they, like McKay said, they looked over a ton. Just trying to find the one that they wanted, you know. Yeah. And that's the challenge of it, you know. You're you can hunt antelope all day long and look at a thousand head of them, but when you find that one, you know it. And they found one, and she was able to get it done on it, and she shot her a nice seventy-six inch goat, which you know is her first big game animal. And who cares, seventy-six inches, eighty-six, and it was a big goat, and it was cool. Yeah, it's the memory, yeah. you know. I I think that uh, definitely going to be going on some more antelope hunts. I mean, heck, mine was a depredation doe tag, and I still so had fun. a lot of fun. That hunt lasted about 30 minutes in all from the time we watched it till the time we shot it. Pretty it much from like, the time we left my house. <laughs> <laughs> that was It was really fun. Right after Dylan shot it, the heavens opened up, and we got we got It soaked. rained so hard. <laughs> Uh, we'll pull, we're working on the video. We'll throw that up here shortly. But but antelope hunting's fun, and it we're is gonna fun. 
We're going to make an effort to get as many antelope tags every year as we can. And the meat, honestly, guys, is not bad. I've Ever since I was a kid, I heard, you don't want to shoot an antelope. They're nasty. Don't waste your time. So I know I'm going to get some backlash from this, though. But I think it's better than elk meat. Really? I like it better than elk meat. Really? It's. I've had steaks off the hindquarters, backstraps, tenderloins, burger. It's good. Dang. I like it. See, I've had some backstrap and I had the heart. I haven't cooked up anything else because I've been running around like a chicken with my head cut off from state to state. But It's good meat. You just cook it low and slow. I'm going to throw some on the Traeger this week. <clears throat> Maybe that'll be dinner tomorrow. So if anybody ever tells you it's crap, they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> I'm sure it could taste like crap if you don't take care of it, but honestly... Get it cooled down as quick as you can. Get the hair off of it, just like you would any other meat. Okay. So, well, we're gonna eat some deer back or tenderloins. Excuse yeah. me, tenderloins. Let's eat some. Maybe edit a video. Heck yeah! Thanks, for, guys. Oh, wait, I gotta throw this in there. We're looking for a cameraman. I know Randy Newberg does this on his podcast, but the pay sucks. The hours suck. The works. Pretty much all we can offer you is a hat and a shirt or something. Yeah, something. But we need <laughs> we'll to kind of come out. film us. Like, you know, self-filming, that that's cool. But I just don't know. It's hard to do. It really is. You know, and I totally applaud guys that get it done doing that because I can't do it. I just, I get mad, set the camera down, shoot something. <laughs> but So we're taking applications. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colorado Hunt starts on November 4th, and we'll be there through the 10th. Free ride, free board. Yep, and we'll delicious some, meals. We'll bring some wild game meat, and you'll be well fed. So just send us a direct message. Um, you can email us, uh, sawnoutdoors at gmail.com, or send us a message on Instagram or Facebook, whatever you want. Heck yeah. Thanks for throwing that out there. Yeah. I just figured, you know. It, and if you have your own equipment, great. If not, we have some. So, Yep. Please inquire. Thanks again, guys. But if you're a loud walker and a loud breather, <laughs> Dylan will kick you. I'll kick you in the <laughs> shin really hard. And I'll punch you right in the mouth. I don't know if you guys can hear that cat, but I'm going to kick him in the shin in a minute. Shut up. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this was episode three of uh, the Sun Outdoors podcast. We'll be Cranking bringing them out some more. <laughs> Hopefully some more soon. We have a lot of good ideas. Just been busy with hunting season. So hopefully you guys understand that. Uh, Until next time, this is McCade. Dylan signing out. (laughs) Bye-bye.